Hello everyone, it's Graham Cope with another My Music second of today. I am going to be speaking to Caitlin Lavagna, which sounds a bit like lasagna, apparently, and that's a great way of remembering it. Uh, you know, when she gets her merchandise done, it'll have lasagna all over it. Uh, but now, before that, we're going to watch our fabulous video from Analog Trash. Do enjoy this. It's got lots of pink and black and flashing lights. Uh, if you're affected by flashing lights, look the other way. government are you i'm very good how are you i'm good i'm good where are you coming from currently in liverpool but obviously okay. i'm welsh yeah <laughs> okay um so, well wales and liverpool aren't that far from each other so how did you end up there so the I, i'm an actor musician so um i'm currently on a, a job in the royal court in liverpool um Ooh, doing, doing a show so um i'm currently in actor digs but i'm in my friend's house who's very kindly let me stay with her Cool. What's the show? It's called Vernon's Girls. Vernon's Girls. Yeah, about the famous choir from Liverpool. That, like, oh, got, yeah. Yeah, the 50s and 60s music. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, anybody that's um, dug into any of your social media has discovered this about you. You're, you're you know, kind of a multi-talented person doing lots of different things. Um, one of my, one of my favourite ones there on the old TikTok was you doing the, the news <laughs> yeah with lots of harmonies and, and a little bit of drums and everything else what how did that come about that was that was quite cool wasn't it yeah um I'm not really into TikTok it's kind of my I love to hate and hate to love it so um Marmite. yeah I'm just it's very Gen Z and I'm not so I'm a bit like oh but anyway um it it is a great tool especially if you're a musician I can I can appreciate that um but yeah in 2020 I graduated drama school um into the pandemic which was great as brilliant well yeah. done it was really good timing uh, <laughs> and um and yeah the, uh, I, luckily I still was able to sign with a fabulous agent called Hannah from Entage Hallett and she oh, um yay um and she um sent me some information through from the National Theatre of Wales from Morgaine, who was who was the head of that at the time, I think, I think the head of that, um, who was wanting to basically, there was a TikTok competition for 2020 grads, I believe. And we had to basically sum up the pandemic using our skill set that I guess we weren't able to use yet. <laughs> um, so being an actor musician who plays drums and sings and also a songwriter, um, I just thought it'd be quite funny to, We'd all been watching the news at five o'clock every day to see what Boris said. Ooh, Boris. Um, so I was like, well, I'll just take the Michael and uh, and do uh, my version of what the news could be if they put some some funky harmonies and stuff. Well, credit, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, it's actually far more entertaining than the news is normally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just it's funny, isn't it? Actually, the during the pandemic. Um, we all started watching the news again. Most of us don't really ever watch the news on TV. 
but it was just it was suddenly like oh well we kind of ought to watch it because you know what is going on yeah and he, he suddenly saw this world event unraveled before our eyes um but yeah most of the time we just kind of like go oh, news skip well, it's that classic. It's the classic joke, isn't it? That I I like to say very regularly. Of the newsreader always begins the program by saying "Good evening" and proceeds to tell you why it isn't a good evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hear all the bad stuff, but it's quite sad, isn't it? That in the pandemic, all of us, all of us were suddenly interested because it all affected us. Yeah. And like when you think about it like that, it's quite a sad thing that we were all so like, yeah, we're going to tune it at five because what they say makes a difference to our lives. But when you see these like war things and everything, we're just we're numb to it. It's too much and it doesn't yeah. affect us. But there we are. Now you, you're saying you don't like TikTok. It's kind of a it's kind of a modern generation type thing. And 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 looking around where you are at the moment, I mean, I know you're saying you're this isn't really your place, etc. But that's got a very retro type feel to it. Do you feel yeah. quite at home there? Is yeah, that... I, I do. I do. This is my fr- very good friend Zoe West's flat, um, and it is a very creative space. She's an actor musician herself, um, and so is her wife Emmy. And the flat's brilliant. Her wife Emmy is Welsh, so as soon as I moved in, there's like Welsh dragon cushions everywhere, and like nice, it's brilliant. It's such a creative house to be in. It's, it's colourful. It's like vibrant. And when you're on a job that's really tough you know it's really nice to have a space to call your own because when you're an actor you don't always get that sometimes you're renting a room in a family house and you don't feel like you can even use the kitchen and stuff it's a bit it's a bit weird <laughs> yeah no I, I can imagine it, it, it to, to have a, a space that's quite energizing is quite important otherwise it's like you know you go back to somewhere that zaps you of energy every single day when, yeah. when did you when did you first start the music side of things well, arguably, I was doing the music before any of the acting stuff took off. Um, I Really, when I became serious about music and, and releasing original music, I should say, because, um, you know, I'd, I'd done brass band, orchestras, samba bands, all sorts of things growing up, you know, dance, literally everything, everything you can imagine, a folk group at one point, um, and was involved in choirs and all sorts of things. But um, when, when I... I went to college to do a BTEC because I hadn't got into drama school and I didn't want to just have a year of not being able to train at all. So really I did the BTEC, not because I needed that, but because I wanted to still be doing shows and things. Um, so I I met Christian Punter, who I think is now called Otto and releases his own music and is exceptional and brilliant and a brilliant songwriter. And we started uh, ori- originally a trio called Only the Rain, Nice. Um, yeah and it was very like folk indie music very kind of like coffee shop vibes kind of intimate gigging uh settings and we decided to Michael actually left the groups so it was it just became a, an indie duo I guess and we went all across Wales sometimes to London because when I got into drama school we did that for a bit and we really we ended up releasing two EPs um of original music that we just did from Christian's bedroom because he's very good at doing all of the tech side of things. Widdly, widdly stuff, yeah. That, like stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, so we did two two EPs, which went down so well. And and thank, like, like again, just the support we received straight off the bat with that was brilliant. And it really gave both of us, I think, 
you know, as a duo and individually, a sense of what original music feels like to perform in front of people who know your songs. It's just a very different thing. It's, there's not quite a feeling like it, I don't think. And then when I was in drama school, that ended and my friend Harvey was like, I want to start a band in, you know, on the side of drama school. We were all like, you're nuts. We're not going to have time for that. It's like nine till nine every day intense. <laughs> um, but we did. We started a band called Big Wednesday. And me and Harvey predominantly wrote, Harvey being the main writer of that. Um, and then Ryan and Jacob joined in, bass and guitar. And because we were all active musicians and played many instruments, like in our set, me and Jacob would like swap on the drum kit. So I'd come forward to sing one song. And then, so it was quite, quite a, re a really fun setup. Obviously being students at the time, I didn't even have near enough money on the side to be releasing music, but we set up a GoFundMe page. And obviously at the time, all of our friends in Rose Bruford were so supportive. And we were like, instead of, you know, instead of buying us all a pint, put like a tenner into the, so that we can release this music. And we like released t-shirts and things. And cool. that was really fun. That was like rock. That was rock. So that was yeah. me on a drum kit then singing. And then the pandemic happened. Ryan's Scottish. I'm Welsh. Harvey was from Brighton and Jacob was from, oh my God, I've absolutely forgotten where he's from. I always do this. England, Essex, near Essex, I think. Um, so we, it was just so difficult. And we were all active musicians as well. So trying to keep that together was so difficult. Um, and then I got really sad because I was like, well, I've put all this time, money and effort into all of these ventures, if you like, trying to push music out there and it's kind of been thrown back in my face a little bit. And I, and I, rather than waiting for another band or another duo or something where somebody else is there, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this myself now because I've got the experience and the knowledge of how to release my own stuff. And, and I actually just realized that I'd, I'd only really written with other people um, and accepted the kind of, no, 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 we don't like that lyric. Let's let's leave that there. Or, or, or you can't do that. Or you can't do this. But at the time, you're just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You must be right. You must be right. <laughs> but like releasing your own music is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. So it was the right time. It was the right time. Did it, did it, did it come with its own challenges? Yes, especially because I'm a drummer foremost. And I think that that is something I'll continue to struggle with. I, I, I'm saying I write everything myself. I still write with my producer, Joe. And it's, it's odd, isn't it? I still don't really consider myself a songwriter, which is absolutely bizarre. But it's because I feel like I'm a drummer who can sing and knows exactly what I want the song to sound like and can give you maybe a few chords and, and little patterns on the piano. But I can't strum a chord structure on a guitar so, so that that for me is a bit of a vulnerable side to me where I'm like, I feel weird calling myself a songwriter. But, you know, Phil Collins <laughs> wrote his own songs on the drums and stuff. So, yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing uh, challenge, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, you are right. It's the right time for me to be releasing my own music and also discovering my sound. Because for years I've been in duos and bands and orchestras and things like that and it's really, really lovely to be able to go, no, I, I want to do this this way and actually have people around you going, well, you can. What? How can we help you do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you yeah. mentioned Phil Collins. Before Phil Collins, there was Peter Gabriel. True. True. And P Peter Gabriel um, played drums and Peter Gabriel sang. And Peter Gabriel uh, actually quite often starts with his songwriting with his drums. 
which is, I won't lie, for many of the ideas that me and Joe have kind of thrown back back and forth to each other through voice notes and things, I've either hummed a tune or a melody and some lyrics, sent lyrics literally written, or I've literally tapped a table if I'm out and about and I've gone, oh my God, what do you think about this beat? I can absolutely hear like a melody coming here. And then Joe will be like, wait, wait, give me two seconds. Let me like put that in. Right, let's go with this. And then and then a, a song is formed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun way of writing. I think some people who maybe are used to writing with a guitar would be like, whoa, what? <laughs> but yeah. Well, no, everybody's different. And I think it's quite important to kind of find your route through. And then, you know, over time, you might be able to, you might be able to, you know, furnish yeah. that with other things as your yeah, as absolutely. your skills develop yeah. um you know look, look at look at miss gabriel you know one of the first people to ever use kind of synths with just sound effects you know yeah just like no noises yeah you know? i've actually just um this is kind of on topic and kind of not i've actually just commissioned um my first ever drum skin that's painted by this wonderful wonderful cool. small uh, small business sorry on instagram uh, she's called thick and skin and she's painting it of karen carpenter because i'm absolutely she's one of my favorite drummer singer songwriters ever um so i'll have to like post about that soon i'm so excited to see the it's like so nearly finished she sent me a picture last night to be like oh i'm just doing the detail now and it looks absolutely amazing and yeah what? Well, again, going through going through your social media, I mean, we we you know we find like you know, uh, four non blondes in there in terms of covers and etc. That you've done. Have we seen Carpenter songs from you? Not yet. I'm kind of you know when you you know when you or you, you two in all. Of... I know when you love somebody so much, you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to try and do that. <laughs> but also, <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely certain that in the future. I'm going to have my drum skin on my new Ludwig drum kit with yeah. a cap on it. And I'll absolutely do a Karen Carpenter cover that's drumming and singing. Of course I will. But what, not, what, would, what would it be? What would it be? Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, do you go do you, do you go sort of like way out and do calling occupants or do you do like something a bit more? You know what I would really love to do? Pop. Yeah, there's actually a really famous, just purely a drum solo that she does. That's that the clip that goes around all the time, yeah. and I would absolutely love to notate that out and learn it and redo it, like with the like lead sister top on that she used to wear, and like yeah. But I would, I would sing a, a Carpenter song. I'm just, it's again, it's like I don't know which one I would choose, and if I the minute I chose one, I'd be like, but there's, oh, I don't know, <laughs> there's so many. And now you're you're releasing your own music, which is great. I am. Yes, this is my third single, and I've got um, another another one that I'm that will be out before Christmas as well. Talk to me about some of that music. Where where, where does the inspiration come from? I mean, Night Bus. I mean, we've all been on one. Yeah. Oh God, it's great. Pretty awful. They <laughs> are. <laughs> yeah. Night Bus was me falling out of love with London, the place that everyone ever in my life told me I needed to be to make a success of myself, especially in our industry. Um, and it really was, I, I moved back to London after I graduated in 2020. I moved there with my friends, my best friends, Izzy and Lauren. And we had the, the best time for such a long time. And as things started opening up after the pandemic and we realized, oh, we, we actually have to really work to afford to be here now because we're actually going out and doing things and trying to enjoy our lives as well. 
Yeah, I just I just came to the end of my tether and, and I was literally on a night bus. My band Big Wednesday had just broken up, so I was feeling pretty low anyway. I'd literally been into town to have that discussion with them to be like, yeah. this is it then. Um, and I sat on the night bus and I just started crying and absolutely not one person on that bus even gave me eye contact or was like, are you okay? And I just had, a, honestly, this sudden realisation and hate and just went, this is grim. I'm skint all the time. I've got no time to or energy to be at my best in terms of gigging. And when auditions come through, I'm exhausted because I've been working in the coffee shop for nine hours a day. Um, and I don't I never see my friends because if one of us has got money to go out, the other one hasn't. So it I was like, I, this isn't I can't save up for a car or because I'm a drummer, a van. I can't I can't put a deposit on a flat or a house. I can't I would never be able to afford to live in London on my own. It just became like I just literally sat on this bus and had a bit of a meltdown and was like, what am I doing here? Like, this is mad. It's such um, a million miles away from somewhere like Wales, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. And obviously that comes with its benefits as well. And and I can absolutely appreciate like some of my friends still live there now and I visit now, but in a much better mental yeah. place because I've got t money, time, energy. So when I go now, I'm like, I'm here for three days. I'm doing a gig. I'm seeing my best friend I haven't seen for like half a year, having a coffee. And then I'm off again to the valleys with the fresh air, the fresh water and, you know, I, um, I do miss it. Of course I miss it. I miss being able to just pop in somewhere and see a live band playing and all that stuff. There's a buzz, obviously, when you live yeah. in somewhere like London and anyone that's watching that lives in London, we, we appreciate why you live in a, in a, yeah, yeah, in a conversation like that. But, you know, obviously I live in the West Country. I live in Somerset and it's completely different, you know, and we were in London at the weekend and totally, totally get exactly what you say about that whole piece. You know, when I, when I first started working in and around London and you know as you say you just walk up you walk up to receptions uh and, and people would kind of look past you because they just people just don't see yeah, yeah they're, they're busy they're busy focusing on what they're doing yeah on, no, on making money and surviving it's such a survival city like it, oh maybe that's another song oh god um, well I was yeah. going to say is it is it in a way do these things link because you you know you have a song there is um you know about how not to start a fight. Well, the, the thing is, actually, one of the reasons why nobody looks at anybody else in London on a bus or anywhere else is because one assumes that if you do, you're going to start a fight. Yeah, and I was I was going to say, like, I, I did get to a point of feeling a bit unsafe just because of my situation. I, I, London started becoming the place where I thought, if I go out on a low battery on my phone, just to put this down to simple terms, and if I walked into a shop in North, East, West, wherever London... I don't, I can't hand on heart definitely say that I would rely on somebody being kind enough to go, come here, let me help you. Like, I don't think that would happen. And then I started feeling like a bit of an outsider in a city that I didn't really know. And I, and I was familiar with it. I've been there for five years, but I, I started feeling really isolated when things started opening up again, which was bizarre after the pandemic. I felt better when London had shut down and was quieter and I could walk to my work and all of those things, I felt safer and better there when it was quieter than when it started opening up and all these people started being there again. And then that just, it was just very overwhelming. And I, I so then I wrote a song about it, obviously. <laughs> it's the best way, you know, yeah. it's the yeah. best way. Do, do you feel like, do you feel like your roots are coming out in your music, you know, in that way? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you talk about roots. My th this ballad we lost track is my first solo ballad that I'm releasing, and it's um, <laughs> I love it. It's very different. It, well, it's not different for me, but it's not something I've released before um, properly. And I feel like it doesn't perhaps sound as Spanishy and upbeat and fun as my other two songs do. Um, so in terms of roots, my dad's from Gibraltar, so I'm half Gibraltarian. So I feel like a lot of my influences and in music have been very different to other UK people <laughs> because I, I've always been surrounded by like Santana, Bob Marley and the Wailers, you know, um, UB40, some really eclectic, like specific, specific sounds. And then and the Carpenters, yeah. Carpenters and Fleetwood Mac. And then on the other yeah. hand, my grandfather's male voice choir that used to sing concerts. And beautiful. Such a, such a beautiful mix of, of culture and, um, and experience and music growing up, which I'm so grateful for because I do think that, you know, even when I work with songwriters and friends of mine, when we write together, they... They sometimes go, oh, oh, that rhythm, but it's pop. And I'm like, yeah, doesn't matter. It'll still be catchy. We can still do that. Oh, I'll add some triplets in on a cowbell. Well, in the pop song, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Trust me. Trust yeah, yeah, me. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, trust me. And then when it happens, they're like, oh, this is kind of like pop, but with a bit of a weird thing on it now. That's quite cool. So, <laughs> yeah. It's not weird to you. It's just weird to them. Yeah. 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 But you, were saying, really but you were saying, but you were saying roots, roots in this ballad, which is a bit, bit different for you. How, how does that, how does that really come through then? Well, a suddenly we're into saxophone and violin land. Now, obviously, I don't play those instruments. I'm just very fortunate that I've met so many wonderful musicians because of the line of work that I'm in in terms of active musicianship. Lots of active friends of mine play different instruments, so I just called them up and was like. I'm doing a ballad. I don't want it to just be piano and me because I think it needs to be more than that. Um, and then Joe, Joe's an exceptional musician and writer and he was just like, let's do a string quartet. Let's try, let's try and do it. Um, and, and it just, it what it became very quickly was me going, oh, I absolutely love that my orchestra days are coming back a little bit and it's gone a bit more classical and, and kind of, I say this in the most respectful way, like, uh normal sounding <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing massively surprising but then obviously the bridge comes along and then I was like let me have a bit of fun on the bridge let me like push the you know push the melody up I wanted to feel like a panic attack because I'm saying the word panic attack I want I wanted I very much in this song wanted the music to speak for itself without the lyrics so if you took the lyrics away you'd still understand the story through the music so cool. that was a really interesting way of working this time definitely Lovely. Oh, you're spoiling us with all of this different medley of different music from really your your kind of heritage, your background, and, and also you as a person and, and actually your makeup in terms of your, the, the kind of, I suppose, the theatrical side of you as well as the musical side of you. Yeah, and I think I think if I, if I didn't, just to acknowledge and accept that my life is a bit crazy because one for two months of the year I'm in a 60s show about in Liverpool about Liverpudlians and then at Christmas I'm back in Theatre Cloyd in North Wales doing rock and roll panto and then I'm doing a prog rock musical about acid drugs in February like you know because because I have to put my mind into these and, and, and actually give a lot of myself to these random 
projects and random things at any one given time in a year, I think it does affect my music because it's wherever I am in the world with whatever group of people I'm with and what I'm experiencing, I'll write about. And some would say like, well, you haven't really found your sound yet and you can't really sell to one audience, but I'm not really doing but perhaps it. you have. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps you have. Yeah. Maybe, maybe to some extent, what you're writing is your little travel log. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I will know now, We Lost Track means more to me than what the song is actually about. Because I look back at the day that we recorded in Bristol. And the only reason we did that, and I will remember this, is because I didn't know if I was still going to be on tour with Fisherman's Friends, the musical. Um, so I was looking at my diary and I thought, right, well, I'm using two of my two of my friends, uh, Hannah, who plays violin and uh, Hazel, who plays. Cello. So you had to look geographically at where you could wife. be. Where are we going to be in the country? Even if I'm not in the show, I know the show is in Bristol. I'll be in Wales. Joe lives in southwest somewhere. So I was like, I was like, right, we'll do Bristol. We'll do it on this day. Um, so looking back at the track, I'm, I'm going, oh, and it obviously sounds like that because I'd just been doing eight weeks of a tour of sea shanties with violinists and folk musicians. So, of course, that it was incorporated into my mind at the time. You know what I mean? It, it kind of all makes yeah. sense. I can now remember what acting jobs I was on and where I was in the country when I write each of my songs, which is quite cool, I suppose. <laughs> I think it is quite cool. I think, actually, if you ever release all of this as a, as a sort of collective album, you should actually write some notes as well about where you were at the time and, mm -hmm. you know, because I think, I think most of us would be fascinated by that. Yeah, you yeah. You know, good. Just not, not so much this is what the song about is about, but where you were and what you were doing at the time in order yeah. for this to come up. I think that is actually really fascinating. Yeah, I do try, I try my best when I do my kind of promo release stuff that we all have to do to get, get it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I do try and in my posts, I think for Night Bus, it was the most honest I'd ever been on a post. I put like a little selfie up being like, thank you for loving it and, and accepting it. And then underneath was like, here's a bit of honesty for you. This is what was going on at the time of this song. It might be an upbeat song that you want to put on the radio, but if you listen to the lyrics, it's actually a pretty sad. It's, <laughs> it's so pretty. It's a really sad time. And it was me accepting that maybe London wasn't the big, the big place that I always thought it was. It was a very sad song, but... Yeah, people people seem to really um, appreciate the honesty. So I think moving forward, whether or not a song is happy, sad, savage, or whatever, I think I, I I just think being honest is better. I think people connect with your music. It's my job as an actor to be honest. So I I don't struggle with it as much as other people might. You know what I mean? I'm quite That's interesting. I'm quite an open book. <laughs> That's interesting. Some some people would say, "Oh, I, I don't get that." And surely an actor is not being honest because an actor's acting. But yeah, you're you're saying but you, have to, you have to be able to pinpoint bits of you that's experienced the character. Otherwise, you it, it's it's fake. Yeah, fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting. It's an interesting dichotomy that really it is, is. Yeah. It is. and everyone's different obviously you know some people would some of my friends who are actors would would listen to what i just said and went that's not right <laughs> <laughs> it depends doesn't it on, on what you draw on in order to um to write the songs i'm so sorry my phone is going off ding, 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 ding. it's all the millions of people watching this going right oh well done okay. it's probably now, my fan <laughs> yeah you're one fan no, before we go before we go yes um, so for the future, you, you see yourself carrying on both being act, 
forever and a day acting music it's that you will never separate the two no you know if i end if one takes off massively i suppose what how, how i like to think of it is if acting takes off massively i'll still absolutely i'll have to release music because it's my it's my therapy almost and it's cheaper well arguably <laughs> um if if music took off i understand that i would probably have to come out of the acting game a little bit and maybe you know maybe just enjoy the odd music video and things like that but um ultimately people ask me this all the time even my parents they're like are you an actor or are you a musician and i'm like i'm both and i hate the idea of having to be one thing in a box because my whole career is is based around the idea that i have to tick a box female drummer you know from south wales you have to constantly push your usp your unique selling point i i think we i think we understand that far better these days yeah Uh, absolutely yeah and and, you know I, i don't i don't think people need to see somebody as this or that you know you're creative who spans different um you know sort of ways of expressing themselves in art and i think we actually see that with a lot of musicians these days we've got we've got musicians who are painters as well or musicians who write or musicians who who act Uh, i think it's all you know that's all very understandable really I, I think it actually it's always been there it's just that we now talk about it with more understanding than we ever did before yeah which is so exciting I think I think it is a very different scene now and I think it's as much as it being more difficult to release music and to get seen and heard and and to arrange things like this I think luckily again I'm quite used to pushing myself out there because of the acting and because of having to walk into these rooms with strangers and going no trust me I can do this job well and all of these things like add up to, I guess I just enjoy calling myself an artist now rather than anything else. Cause um, I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for giving us your time today. That's all right. Uh, please. If you haven't checked out Caitlin's music yet, please go and do that. And uh, you know, follow her across the social media platforms and, you know, request which of the Carpenter songs you would like to see her sing. So actually then, then we all get to know uh, eventually when it does happen, which yeah. which one that will be. Um, <laughs> good luck with all of your uh, shows that you're in throughout Thank the year as well. The, the 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 prog, uh, prog musical, rock. yeah. Was it a prog musical? A prog rock actor musician musical. I called, love that. It's called Operation Julie, um, about the drugs bust that happened in Wales. And it's hopefully it's going on to it. I feel like I've just dropped a massive bomb here because I don't think it's public knowledge yet. But it was it was well received last time, and one of I it one of if not the best job that I've done so far out of drama school. It was so brilliant. Um, well, I, I, that sounds right up my street, so I, I might yeah. check that out myself. I'll get you some tickets if if we come near you, and yeah, we'll do that. Lovely, thank you. Well, yeah, there we go. I say Somerset way, but you know Bristol. Extra, that's kind yeah. of my nearest yeah. thing. Please, everybody, uh, do check out Kathleen's music. Do check out her um, shows that she's in as well. Go and visit them. And actually, if you're a young person watching this who hasn't really started yet or, or is being told by a careers teacher at school that you have to be one thing or another, acting, music, rubbish. rubbish. Do, do whatever, you know, do both. Do everything, you know. In, in, in fact, if you want to be an accountant at the same time, you can be, be all three. I mean, this is the kind of world that we live in now. Please don't be restricted 
by uh, what everybody else is telling you. I think that's that's the key le lesson and takeaway from today. And actually, if you do want advice, I'm sure Caitlin, you know, would be more than happy to talk to you about what sort of uh, journey she's been on herself. Um, until next time, if you've enjoyed this, this has been my music. If you haven't enjoyed it, uh, then this has been a video on how to do sheep dips effectively uh, to remove blight. Um, and, and then uh, do share this with your friends. Until next time, bye for now.